Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. Another episode of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos. I love doing that extra for Joe when he's here. Inside Sports, Fantasy Football, and Gabe Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, please give us that magical five or ten star review. How about that? Ten star review wherever you get your podcast. I'm still mad at the guy who gave us a one star for turning in a little bit later than he would have liked as far as putting it out and may available wherever you get your podcast around Thanksgiving or so. So you said you change it, please change it because we certainly beat Lakers film room. They were almost a day behind us. So please come on. If you guys love Lakers film room, give them a one star for turning in late. So give us a five star for turning it on time. You can, and if you can, please go ahead, like share, subscribe, Go ahead and subscribe today so you can get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with our great programs right here at the Lakers Fast Break. Plus, if you can go ahead and support great causes like, of course, the great folks at LakersBall.com, go ahead and just be amused by all the great things that Ox1947, a.k.a. Joe Soros, says at LakersBall.com. Plus, speaking of Joe, he runs this little company that, can transform your lawn into something much better than it is today if you are in the Southern California area. And you can go ahead and do that by going over to Symblades, Symblades with a Y.com. Plus our good friend, Laker Tom, who I hope is feeling better. I know he's been very sick, hacking and coughing. I know he's uh, still on the mend. I know he's still during in the middle of all the hacking, coughing, still tweeting out the fantastical trade proposals that only he can do. You can do that today and or you can see that today at Lakerholics.com and at LakerTom on Twitter, plus our good friend Jamie Sweet and his Five Things articles, plus our friends of the Hoopez Podcast Network. And if you can support all of that, it is sincerely appreciated. Well, with the Lakers flying home to Los Angeles, getting prepared for a matchup against the Boston Celtics, the, well, once rival, I don't know if you still call it a rivalry. I mean, we hate their guts still at the Boston Celtics, but I don't know if you can still call it a rivalry per se, because it just doesn't have that same je ne sais quoi that it once did as far as, the, you know, the clotheslining of Kurt Rambis and even to the late 2000s and 2010 when, you know, we were beating up on each other with Kobe and all that. So we're going to go ahead and 
still match up against with them on Tuesday. But first, we're going to go have a great conversation with our NBA observations because we're observing things going on in the NBA, not just in downtown LA. We're going to go ahead and talk about what, who are the surprise teams to us here at the Lakers Fast Break. And here today to go ahead with his first observation on his surprise team. Uh-oh, Kenneth Stone is in the house. LOL, nah, LeBron's too much friends with Boston players for it to be a real rivalry. Okay? I mean, the, you know, that's the league as a whole, Kenneth, because, the, you know, there's so many friendships among players on other teams. That's not even in debate because you see that all the time. They do charity stuff. They do summer stuff together. They do what? They vacation with each other, guys. So we see that all the time. Now, they're too much friends because they know they might be enemies on one day or on opposite teams one day. But to, through the magic of free agency, maybe teammates the next. So they know about that. So, yeah, good point there, Kenneth. So great to have you watching. Truly appreciate it. But. I'm going to start off with you, a stranger indeed. He is the madman from Toronto, the magic man, the guy who can't get out of Toronto traffic. It is Sean Grice. Sean, great to have you here, my friend. I want to hear your thoughts on your first surprise team so far in the NBA. Uh, you know what, Gerald? It may not be a quote-unquote surprise, but uh, the way they're playing – um, is a surprise to me, and that's the uh, Memphis Grizzlies. Um, they continue to uh, forge forward with uh, a core that uh, is led by the best point guard in the NBA today, and that's John Morant. There's, I think there's, there's no debate anymore. He's ascended. He's the best point guard in the NBA. Um, I think that's a little bit of a surprise to me. I thought he might have made that leap uh, in a year or two, but this is happening very rapidly. They continue to build upon a defense that was very strong. And as we've spoken about before, they they just seem to find a new way to plug and play players that fit their style and fit a certain mold that John Morant likes to play with. And they would be my number one surprise team. They're 17 to nine right now, second in the Western conference. Well, like you said, John Morant is playing better than virtually any point guard right now that in the NBA he probably is playing better than any point guard in the NBA. I know a lot of people are really high on Tyrese Halliburton. Who's been done a sensational job in Indiana I know there are other players in the mix as well as far as for a point guard, but you're right. Absolutely. John Absolutely. I just, I just think the element, like you said, Gerald of John Morant, just being uh, an alpha uh, Godzilla out there when, when he puts his head down, dr wants to drive to the basket at will, no, no, nobody can stop him. Well, the thing is though, they just got to be healthy at the same yep. time. They're doing this and they have not had their entire team healthy at all this year. Because they just got Triple J back, and who's out of the lineup other than Desmond, none other than Desmond Bain, who's been playing sensationally. The guy has now become a premium scorer and shooter in the league. The guy who was picked at the end of the first round or near the end of the first round in his draft is truly an amazing player. And now he's out of the lineup. So if they're playing like this, do you, you know, and they don't have everybody in their lineup, do you see? Do you see? Although, he's you know kenneth uh kenneth stone has a point you know steph curry 
Steph Curry, is he truly a point guard? Is he is he truly a point guard? No. I I, I would I understand I, he's categorized as a point guard, but he he plays so much off the ball. He yes. does handle the ball, he does pass the ball quite a bit, but you know, he the the offense as far as the play to play making is more based on a motion offense than anything else. Yes, and I'd like to say that I think there's there's a a, a greater issue about the narrative rather than the fact. Uh career wise, outside of injuries, uh Dame and Steph pretty much have the same uh career assist average. Mm-hmm. It's just that for for some reason the the narrative is that Steph is more of a complete point guard per se, where I, I you know I would argue that to me as facilitators they're on equal footing. So if 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 that's the case, like you said, Gerald, Dame plays a lot off the ball too, and I don't consider him a quote unquote point guard either. I, I think they're both more combo guards. More yeah, because than... they both like playing. They both can do so well either on the ball or off the ball, and I think that's yes. where that really. Yes, comes so in. Yeah. to me, they're they're more like um, in the Jerry West mold of a combo guard. You know, you're able to run a team, mm-hmm. but you, like you said, Gerald, you're you're really skilled at playing off the ball. I mean, when is uh, Steph Curry and Damian Lillard the most dangerous? Is when they're running off screens, getting open to try and re- get ready to get the ball to shoot a three. That's yeah, when ab- you you know when you watch as a fan you're like <gasps> absolutely. Whereas op- opposed to that, jaw the the usage rate for jaw is very high because the more the ball is in his hands, the greater the opportunity is he scores or yeah. he drives and kicks for an open shot. Yeah, he's he's very ball reliant now. He is starting to develop those outside shooting skills and off the ball skills. So. I just want to say that the time will come, I think, when John Morant will be in the same measure as those two guys as far as a combo guard is concerned. But as a reliant, dominant point guard who has to have the ball, I think that John Morant is is right there. But again, you know, Steph Curry can handle the ball all game long and Damian Lillard, same thing. And you would get the even the same results or even better. So there you go. There's uh, right there for you, Sean Grice's pick. As far as first pick for a surprise team, also here today, good man indeed. You got to go ahead and check out what he's doing today as Ox1947 at LakersBall.com. It is Joe Sorrow. And Joe, I want to hear from you your first pick for a surprise team so far this season. I'm I'm surprised at how well Sacramento's playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, good choice. I, I we dog on Mike Brown. He's been in a few places here in the NBA, and I can I can admit as a Laker fan, and him his tenure here was tenuous. <laughs> I think Mike Brown's personality wasn't fit for the Lakers, and I I I can honestly say the year that he coached his first season was actually a pretty good one, and it was the one playoff run that I was upset at Pau Gasol and Kobe Bryant at how destructive they were towards the end of some of those games in the playoffs. Uh, Mike Brown got the flack when it shouldn't have been him. And then just like anything else, if you lose the, the locker room, you lose 
your ability to manage the noise around you. Uh, and sometimes it's not even your fault. It, 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 it kind of skews away from you. And he was never able to recover and eventually got taken, uh, got fired and was replaced by Mike D'Antoni. Uh, in Sacramento, he's got a young, impressionable team. Uh, sometimes that's an easy thing. Darren Fox is a massive talent. And you can win games with him if you can continue. And Sabonis is doing real well out there. Uh, to be a fifth seed in the West, I, I, I could have maybe said an eight or nine. Uh, I think we did. I think of the some of the guys on the show did did say that they did have a chance to get into the play in mix or like you said eight nine at best. Yeah, but five is, is is somewhat of a surprise. However, the West has we we saw we we talked about this right before we got onto the show. The West is separated from the Lakers at twelve and one by only seven games. It's a pretty average standing at the moment. Uh, kind of curious to see if this is something that's going to withstand the, the dog days of winter of the NBA in late December, January, and, fe- uh, and parts of February. Let's see which one or which teams drop off uh, from that. Uh, Portland kind of started out the gate pretty well, and then now they're kind of dropping down. I'm a, I'll be interested in seeing if, if the Kings Utah can, the same thing. Can, can Utah the same thing? I'm kind of want to see if, if 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 teams like Sacramento that haven't been there in a while might end up dropping off. Um, the Pelicans, how can you say they might not be? They they might have to be the, the the one really, because I don't even think as good as we thought they would be. They made the playoffs last year without Zion. I didn't think they would be sitting at 18 and eight. I thought you know maybe 15 and 11, but they, they are showing that youth and that Zion Williamson is, uh, is the real deal. Uh, and if these guys stay healthy, it seems like that's what everything has to end with these days. If these guys stay healthy, they're going to be a force. And whether they go deep in the playoffs, I don't think that's going to happen. I'd say maybe at the very least win a, a first round, uh, series, uh, if they end up meeting, let's say, uh, let's say if the standings stayed the way they are, if they meet a Denver team or a Phoenix team, I wouldn't be surprised if they got beat by those teams. But I'd say, yeah, between Sacramento being at five and and and, and New Orleans sitting at the one seat at the moment, I, I I would say those are probably the two biggest surprises from my my uh, assessments. And then on the in the East, to a degree, a little bit of Miami not really playing well. I was expecting them to to continue their their run here and maybe even go deep deeper into the playoffs next year, challenging the Celtics or the Bucks. But something's going on over there. Uh, I'm I'm not sure exactly what, but uh, that that would be my surprise in the East on on their on their uh, in terms of their uh, their record and where they're at right now in the standings. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com. And you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. If you have a better movie in the can, why is that not the movie that you released in the first place? I would say it's more culturally relevant than The Simpsons and Rick and Morty. Like It has become a staple of American entertainment. I think Dragon Age 4 is carrying the future of Bioware on its shoulders. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Definitely when it comes to New Orleans, uh, who is having a tremendous season so far, playing well on both sides of the ball. And like you said, Zion Williamson has been a beast. I know that Phoenix took example to what he was uh, doing at the end of the game. I thought that was a cheap shot per se. I know it was at home and from the fans, but as the clock runs out and everybody's just standing there waiting for the time to run out, you don't do a 360 windmill dunk. You're, you're right. You're, you're right. We don't live in a vacuum, though. The NBA is kind of dull during the regular season because of the unwritten rules or the fact that every other play is a foul, whatever. I did not mind it, especially doing it against Phoenix. You have the two biggest babies on one team, Chris Paul and Devin Booker. I'd throw campaign in there too. He's, he's, uh, you know, again, CP3 tends to do that wherever he goes. He just has that aura about him. You know, something I'm, I'm of the mind and, you know, I'm sure competitively we all played against some hot dogs. You know, if, if, if you don't want him the hot dog, just stop him. Here's the other thing. This is new Orleans. New Orleans doesn't care about basketball. Watching a 300-pound freak of nature do a 360 in a, in a game is entertaining. And especially we, when you're home. That was the difference. We need we need some more entertainers in this game. I'm tired I don't of, think, yeah, I, I agree with everything Joe just said. And I, I don't think he would have done that in Phoenix. They were at home. He was feeling himself. Like Joe said, you're trying to build – some momentum for the organization just to try and get them a couple of pages in the front of the newspaper, you know, make, maybe make a, make a few viral vids. That, so I let mean, me ask this. Okay. Everybody seems to enjoy it. And I could say, I don't enjoy it. I'm not going to say I didn't enjoy it uh, because it was against Phoenix, but what if it mm-hmm. happened against the Lakers? Well, that, that has happened to us before. Oh, of I, course. I, yes. I, I remember, 
I remember the 2011 playoffs uh, with the Mavericks just shooting the lights out vividly. That they, 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 Jason Dog, Jason Kidd could have called up the dogs, but he didn't. Oh, excuse me, Rick Carlisle. Pardon me. Yeah, Carlisle could have called off the dogs, but he didn't. He just kept going. And then we've seen it with Phoenix. We've seen it with Sacramento. Uh, it's it's over and over again. So when it happens to an organization like Phoenix, it's to me, it's just karma. Do you think it sends a message to anyone out there that maybe this is the way to go? But I, I just I think, think right now it creates some interest in the league. I, yeah. I understand that the league is now searching for some type of rivalry that can you know spice up numbers. So I, I want to say the NBA is not exactly against it, but they're not actually going to go ahead and yell out there that they're for this type of action. Well, and for for Joe to talk about the Kings, that's uh, that's a great segue to my surprise team in the East, and I'm watching the game right now, is the Atlanta Hawks. Um, uh, Their very definition is consistently inconsistent. They... They have some games where it's brilliant play, and um, uh, the other night there was a great play made by A.J. Griffin at, at the buzzer going coast-to-coast coast, uh, with Trey Young. That was a, a great play. But, um, look, Gerald, let's be honest about something here. They, To me, they, they made a couple of missteps. Like, for me personally, I wouldn't have traded Kevin Herter. I... I think he's a, a dynamite wing and uh he could do you know a lot of different things uh, to me he reminds me of uh, uh, uh a smaller lamar odom uh with a better shot and they're both happen to be from new york by the way i think that trey young is going to be the next superstar that asked for a trade i think it's only a matter of time before either he blows a gasket or uh, Nate blows a gasket. Uh, it's going to be one or the two. And uh, to well, me, he's I already think, gotten one coach fired there. Yeah, exact, exactly. And if you know, if you're the organization now, you've got to be just kind of scratching your head and pulling your hair out, thinking, well, if we fire another coach, that means now that the GM who we just promoted, Landry Fields. Uh, is on the hot seat and now we've got a disgruntled superstar so i to me that's that's a ticking time bomb it's only a matter of time before he asks for a trade so that they're my surprise team in the east joe i mean any other teams that stand out to you because i think for me when it comes to surprise team those are some great suggestions guys I really think in the other direction, a surprise for me is the fact that you have Dallas Mavericks at 13 and 13. That to me is a surprise that they have not been able to give Luca any or enough help because Christian Wood is not helping you at all on the defensive end. Pretty good offensive player, but not on the defensive end. But they've not been able to go ahead and, you know, even with Luca averaging almost a triple double with 30 points a game, still not able to get above 500 at this point. I'm not surprised at that one. I actually thought that would go the way it went. You you lose Jalen Brunson, uh, which to me well, – Conversely, 
he's actually helped a team. So he is the difference it's looking at because he's helped to make another surprise team in the Eastern Conference, New York Knicks, playing above 500. Yes, they're they're playing. Uh, they're actually, I think, a game above 500 now. They've won four in a row. They, I, I don't know what, I don't know if Dallas was looking at Brunson as a guy that, eh, he, is he really a number two on a title team? I think he's a three. He's a three. Exactly. He's a three. So do you want to pay that guy max money knowing that you're probably not going to be a title contender, a true title contender? So I kind of saw the logic in that. The only issue is when you lose that player, when do you get the next player? Especially if you're going to be within that middle ground area in the NBA that, that they say you should never be in. Don't ever be that 500 team or that eight seed because you never get a high enough draft pick and you're never crappy enough to get a really good pick. So Dallas has to hope that there might be a player that wants to come to Dallas, which in and itself really has not really been their history of, of, of getting guys over, even though it's in a state income friendly state. I, I, yeah. I really, Historically, Joe, the only guy they've really been able to sort of lure was Antoine Walker. That was the really the only guy who who really went there, you know, autonomously, like of his own free will, basically. So to me, yeah, Gerald's right. I kind of agree with Gerald and Joe. I, I, I don't think it's a surprise necessarily that they're kind of the record is what it is but like Gerald was saying just their style of play now if you play Christian Wood offensively you have to you have to compensate for him defensively and that likely means you know playing JaVale McGee at the five or Dwight Powell at the five and um you know that just cuts cuts off the spacing for Luca basically where you know if you're like Gerald was saying with Christian Wood on on offense, if he's playing with another big out there, you can really shrink the floor and and not allow Luca to operate the way he wants to. Gerald, if we're gonna talk about the Mavs, we need to talk about the Wolves as well. That uh, I didn't think they'd be a five hundred team at all, and that to me they, is a little surprising because yeah. they they had a team that looked like they were going to be about 45, 50 wins in the regular season. Yeah, you would you would figure, especially especially adding an all defensive player to your uh, starting lineup, who's won three Defensive Player of the Year awards. But the fact of the matter is, is that Ant hasn't been able to take the next step because for some reason none of these guys are really figuring out how to play with one another cat and gobert just i don't think that will ever work personally i, I personally was talking joe and i were talking about this last night i don't know if you heard this on our post game last night it's just the fact that i would love to get cat reunited with ad go for a trade for him go but it's funny because joe was saying i'd rather take gobert Gobert is like on a killer contract. That contract, I'm not gonna say it's untradeable, but my gosh, you gonna pay the guy what fifty million dollars in and see, around the there the, by the end of the, his contract when he's 35? Ooh. Right. The the prop the problem with the depreciating asset is that you'll never get what you paid for it. 
So well, not even close. Yeah, no, same with. But that's why sim- you got to try and, and capitalize right. on the front end of the contract. Exactly right. Similar with what the the Denver Broncos are going through right now with Russell Wilson. Uh, it's very some almost not similar, but different sports. But it, it's it's not asymmetrical to think that you know Minnesota is going to have a problem moving that contract, and you're not nearly going to get the the draft. Capital. So when he's 33, you're paying him 46 million dollars. Yeah, no, I I wouldn't I wouldn't touch that with a 30 and third and a half football to quote okay. Ted Geisel. <laughs> I mean, but I can get what Joe was saying because if let's say he was traded tomorrow to the Lakers, that would be an awesome front line as far as on the yeah. defense. Oh yeah, for sure. Joe's right there. That that that. But that, your spacing is absolutely horrible. Oh yeah, the spacing is horrid. That's. You know, even if you got shooters, I, I suspect Darvin Ham would have a similar problem with spacing as he does now. It'd just be a little different as from a philosophical point of view. I'm with you, Gerald. If Cat walks up to the the manager's uh, uh, desk and says, look, man, I've been here for a while. It's just not working out. Please buy me a new home. You gotta believe that Rob Palenka would be on the phone in a second. Yeah, because he's only thirty-three and he's only got another thirty-six million dollars owed to him. Joe, I mean, I mean, you and I were going back a little bit on fourth. We didn't. It's not like we were both adamant on it. I could go either way, but I, I think of the two, I would probably lean towards Cat simply because of the fact that he provides so much as far as stretching out the offense. You know, the issues in Minnesota stem from him. Yeah, I'm sure. I, I'm not going to disagree with you on that. I'm sure. I, I'm sure if you I, I sit do down feel for his personal and his family situation because he's undergone a lot over the past few years. Yeah, it's it's Jimmy Butler. I'm sure if you sit him down and just off the record ask what the problem was in Minnesota, I agree. Uh, I'm, I'm, I would. Well, and wasn't there, and Gobert wasn't there. Down. What was it then? At some point, you got to start looking at the guy that's been there the whole time if you yeah. keep having problems. However. If he were to demand a trade, he would have to demand it to LA and say, I'm not going anywhere unless I go to LA. I don't know if I don't know if that'll work. I think everyone's gonna take a chapter out of Joe Sai's book and say, We ain't trading you there, and you just have to deal with it. Um because you couldn't package him with Russell, for instance, because that's yeah, I, I think I think moving cat is. Yeah, I think moving forward now, play especially with the 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 undercurrent of those tectonic plates of the CBA coming apart here. I think if a guy wants to go to a particular situation, I think he's just going to do it quietly. I I think, but, but Joe's correct. If somebody did go public with it, uh, the owner would pull up, pull a sigh. It would be a sigh move. Um, yeah, we're not trading you to where you want to go. You are the employed. We are the employer. We decide where you work. Absolutely. So again, I don't see it working out because the fact is he's only 33 million cat is, uh, and the only thing is you finding $14 million on the Minnesota roster is it's kind of hard to go ahead and match up with with Russell Westbrook's salary. Although yeah, that one you, again, I, I, you'd I, have I, to you'd have to include a third team. Yeah, yeah, most likely that's true. 
Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. It's our NBA observations. But before we head on out, Joe, any more surprise teams one way or the other? Because, again, there's been quite a few surprises so far this season. Yeah, it, it, it's going to be interesting to see how I would say the surprise in terms of the winning part, not winning, is Golden State kind of hitting a, a little bit of a, a ditch here in the first 27 games. Mm-hmm. Uh, the and win they against, haven't had any major injuries. That's the No, they, they, they might have that complacency after winning a, t- a title thing going on. Uh, maybe there's still reeling from the fact that they have players that aren't living up to their youthful, you know, now championship caliber skill set. Mm-hmm. When the when the scope is on you a little bit more, you know, some guys fold, most guys fold, I should say. Mm-hmm. And I really think that uh, Draymond Green's uh, uh, skill set has deteriorated to the point where it's going to be very well justified that he he will be let go at the end of the year by by, by Golden State. His his deterioration started last year. Mm-hmm. So until that kind of gets out of the way, and you know, he's ha- he's he's more baggage now than he is. And not in a negative way, like with Steph and Clay and maybe Steve Kerr, but from the basketball standpoint. So you don't think that punch against Jordan Poole has had any lingering effect? I don't know why it would. What, they're just not shooting the ball well because of a punch in preseason? Why why, why, why would that be a problem? Why would that affect Clay Thompson and Steph Curry and, and Jordan Poole in terms of playing on the court? Is Jordan Poole that weak-minded, that a punch in, in practice? Just as far as team chemistry, the way they get along with each other, the way they yeah, work it could, it could, it could, It could be there could be something there from team chemistry standpoint. I'd hope that they're not that soft. Um, but they look pretty good against Boston. Yeah, Maybe they'll get out of it. Maybe they're kind of coasting. They don't want to push it too much and then kind of turn it on. I think that could be probably more what it is, is – they're going to turn it on when they want to turn it on, and we'll see what they do. Uh, Phoenix is going to have to figure out who they are besides the whining little sissies that we know they are. If they want to win a title, they're going to have to start growing some uh, hair in certain places and stop worrying about people dunking on, 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 on rims on the other side of the court. You know, Stop losing to, to, to New Orleans and stop blowing playoff series when you shouldn't be blown and start focusing on winning games instead of worrying about extracurricular activities. Is it a I, surprise that they haven't gotten Jay Crowder back into the mix? Well, what's going on there? What? A, why is Jay Crowder not playing? We understand what's, why he didn't play in the first place. Because, because he he's not starting? starting? Yeah, but Cam Johnson has been out for over almost a month now. So I'm trying to understand this. Because he wasn't starting, he's not going to play now? He sulked it. He went, went home. That's that, that's thought it would best if he, so, he could go and, 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 and the NBA is going to allow him to get paid. They, they, that allows them to John pay Wall. him now. Okay. First of all, there's a difference between Houston telling John Wall to sit versus Jay Crowder not getting the starting position and pouting and going home. That's there's a difference there. I don't I don't know, uh, and that might explain the whole uh issue with the mental focus of the Phoenix Suns. They have a lot of talent. I, I just, I, you know, Joe, I think, I think that is, as, uh, you know, I'm not using this phrase loosely. Uh, I, I think that's uh, a schizophrenic locker room. Personally, I think that um, 
if you look at the comments the other night in New Orleans, campaign had a completely different interpretation of what Zion did than DeAndre Ayton. DeAndre Ayton wasn't bothered by it at all. He said he was at home. He was feeling himself. He understood completely, 100%, why Zion did what he did. And campaign kept using the word we. We as we as a locker room do not agree with that. We play the right way. And that's a load of crap because we know campaign likes to hot dog it every chance he gets out there. He never misses a moment. And for him to say that and then for DeAndre Ayton to say that, it just tells me what, what I think is going on is, there is that they've got a lot of mercs in that locker room. Guys who are in there for one reason and one reason alone, for me. And I think I think it's not just Jake Crowder. I think DeAndre Ayton's a merc. I, I think the negotiations he had with Phoenix that were that were very uh, public and, and at times, you know, very salty. I don't think that helped uh, move things along. Um, I think Chris Paul uh, throughout his career has been a very good leader on the court. I just, I don't know uh, if I could say the same thing about him off the court. Not that he's a bad person. He's not, he's a very good person. I just don't think he's he's the glue that you know would would get a bunch of guys together and go to go to dinner and a movie or go hang out at a museum or or try and get to know one another outside there. So I I, I think what Joe said is a hundred percent correct. This is this is a team that is um, is a phantom of what it was, uh, you know, a year or two ago. They don't. They don't play the same style that they did. And, you know, teams are catching up to them now. And if, if they if they were in the playoffs right now, if the playoffs started today, I wouldn't pick them to be in the Western Conference Finals. I think Denver, the Clippers, Memphis, New Orleans are all playing better than them. So you even think the Clippers, you know, yeah, unfortunately, I'm, I'm famous with, for, for picking them to go. Yeah, even even with their record, I mean, they're playing they're playing Boston tonight, so we're going to see a lot about those two tonight. Okay, and Kawhi is, uh, you know, hopefully he's there for because we don't know when game. Yeah, next, we don't know he's going to play. We don't know, but like you said, Gerald, the ta- it's it's not as if it's a talent issue there. The talent is still there. It's just they're not getting the results. Or that, do they that, care? <laughs> Yeah. They right. just want to go middling through the season until the playoffs. So. Right, right. But, but I mean, you know, at that point in time. Because they can right now. Right, right. But, you know, that can kind of come back and bite you in the ass because yep. when you have this mishmash group of perimeter players and you're not, you don't have a lot of height and then you're going to try and add a, a big body or two during the, uh, the waiver situations it could come back to haunt them because, you know, uh, 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 you know, their death lineup, whatever, whatever they want to play, they haven't been able to find the minutes cohesively yet. I think it has been a little bit of a surprise that they haven't been able to mesh together at least a little bit better. I'm not saying that they would be leading because I have a feeling that, you know, when I talked about how good that they were, 
that they were going to go ahead and meander a little bit because I was expecting, mm-hmm. I think, a third or fourth, I think, for the Western yes. Conference. But I said that they were going to go far in the playoffs. Uh, once again, it's the Lakers fast break. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here with Joe Soro and Sean Grice, a.k.a. the Magic Man, the Madman from Toronto, the guy who can't get out of Toronto traffic. He's back with us once again. But before we head on out, I've got two more surprise teams for you guys. Joe, I want to hear your thoughts on the Miami Heat, which I think is probably one of the biggest surprises out there that they're so disappointing after a strong Eastern Conference one. They were literally just a couple swings one way or the other from actually getting into the NBA Finals. Now they're 12 and 15, and they really look lost right now. The good old getting paid mentality. So you have... I believe Tyler Hero got paid. Uh, Duncan Robinson got paid a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, they were trying to get rid of him like a bad habit. Bam Adebayo making 30. Kyle Lowry making almost 30. Cha-ching. Your, <laughs> your money. And, 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 and Jimmy's already decided, yeah, you know what? You want me at 100%? Let's get to the playoffs. I'm not interested in the regular season. Uh, you're you can't be in a position to talk like that when you haven't won anything. Sorry, Jimmy. I I, I know you're one of the few dogs in the, in the in the NBA, but there's no such thing as you and the Miami Heat turning it on. You haven't won jack squat, uh, and even if you did, uh, that kind of mentality doesn't necessarily work unless you're really, really, really good. I only saw one team in my lifetime turn it on. That was the Lakers in 01 and 02. That's it. No one else has ever been able to just turn it on. Anyway, the Timberwolves have to play a lot better. They're 13 and 13 right now. They're not meshing well on either end. The two seven-footer lineup has not worked out as of yet. I'm not going to say that they aren't going to get it together because a lot of us thought that the Minnesota Timberwolves would be a very good regular season team. They haven't yet. And you're saying they're a sleeping giant. Well, they're sleeping on themselves because they're arguing amongst themselves. They're not playing well. They don't actually, because of the trade to Utah, they got rid of a lot of their depth, which I think has also hurt them as well, but we'll see what they can do. I'm not going to sit there and tell you that they're not going to make the playoffs because they're, Again, they're just tied. They're tied right now with the Mavericks, essentially for tenth place. So all it takes, like we talked about, with the Lakers being only seven games away from first place, they're even less than that. They're only five games out of first place. So if they go on a winning streak, anything's possible. You're on mute, Sean. Yeah, definitely, Gerald. I'm not going to rule out that possibility. They, they, the talent is there. They can, they can go on a scorched earth run here where they, you know. Over the next 20 games, they might win 15 or 16. That is possible, especially with the talent they have. My, my only my only rebuttal to that would be, to me, now that's now that's working its way around in my head. I, I you know it seems to me that the Rudy Gobert trade was made at the request of Chris Finch. I don't think this was a move that. Guys in that locker room decide, oh, we need we need uh, a defensive anchor. No, I think that was Finch. Basically, well, if it gets worse this season, and he's given the axe. We'll know that's the case. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I I think I think that's a big tell, um, because they did this before. They did this before. 
when Tibbs was in Minnesota, um, he implored them to go get Jimmy Butler. Um, but obviously Tibbs just completely, completely misread the tea leaves there because, like Joe said, uh, Jimmy's a dog. He's a man, and he went up playing with children, and eventually it blew up in their face. And almost, you know, five, six years later, they're almost doing the same thing where they're they're bringing in a great player uh, to what seemingly looks like uh, a cohesive, uh, fundamentally well-built core, but you're adding uh, the surprise element into that as well, and you never know what happens with – that's why they call it a surprise. There are good surprises and bad surprises. It's it's a very uh, equal term. It's neither positive nor negative. And um, right now, the, 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 it's a bad surprise because through 30 games, this team should be much better. I agree. I agree. Last surprise I have for you guys is someone or a team that – Sean is very familiar with over there. As Blue Magic says, Wolves have a key to their success. Trey D'Angelo, he's about $31 million, I think, on his contract this year for effective role Good point, players. Blue. Yeah, very good point, Blue. Absolutely. Uh, if they can do that, they can actually get some depth. I think that will help them out a lot and maybe help Ime's uh, comments come to true to fruition on that one. But before we head on out, I actually have something that Sean may be familiar with as far as a final surprising team that's not surprising in a good way but in a bad way and that is your toronto raptors my friend out there in toronto because they're 13 and 14 yes they had the victory over the depleted lakers the other day which they can take solace in so it's not like you're throwing stones at glass houses here but 13 and 14 for a team that looked to be just stocking up on wings as far as length speed athleticism Going in, they looked like a player that eh, maybe on the fringes of a title contender. Things have really not gone that well. Not at all, Gerald. Um, I was remarking to a couple friends at the the Magic game a few nights ago that uh, if you were to put a song to uh, the Raptors season so far, I I said it would be the the opening song from the uh, TV series MASH. Because they've been dealing with with a rash of injuries and guys coming in and out of the lineup. And like you, you've stated, Gerald, even with all that length and that uh, uh, defense, um, they can't just find consistency. Guys come back from injuries and they're, they're either they're half a step behind, the shot isn't there, Van Fleet uh, is not playing at an all-star level as he was in the past. Uh, Pascal Siakam. Um, he you started know, out like a house of fire. Yeah, he did. He did, and he's just become Mister Freeze all of a sudden. Um, to me, it's very interesting. Um, like you said, Gerald, it's just for a team that that has this much talent, um, to be bobbing up and down in the water like this. It, it's about consistency because again, Nick Nurse is only playing about seven guys every night that he can, that he can trust in on the floor. 
you know, one of these teams is bound to make a move here, either in one way or another. I believe right now Indiana is in the seventh spot, and the Raptors, I believe, are 11th or 10th. Uh, they sit at 13 and 14. The Pacers, I believe, are 14 and 11 or 12. So there's only about one and a half games separating, you know, the fifth seed from the 11th seed there. Uh, somebody's going to make a move and, and try and ascend uh, into a better position. And I think a couple teams are just going to try and, and 86 it and decide, well, maybe we'll take our chances with the Wembayana sweepstakes. Well, we'll see what happens there. But once again, it's the Lakers fast break. Before we go, we've got to talk some Lakers before we head on out. And I do want to mention for our schedule this week, tomorrow we'll actually be doing the live watch party, 7.30 start time, of course, on Pacific. You go ahead and catch us along with the Lakers Celtics. Then right after, of course, the Lakers Celtics post game. I'm looking to see if I can reopen Lakers Fast Break University on Thursday so we can talk some Laker history 101, but that's up to these two guys right here if they're eligible for it. Then on Friday, of course, we're going to go ahead and match up against the Denver Nuggets as well. Blue Magic says, has Scotty Barnes lived up the season? He has had a sophomore slump, I would probably mm -hmm. say. Yes. No, he has. Yes, I agree with Gerald. Uh, sophomore slump. This, he is this... now looking more like the player Rafael Barlow went live on the air with talking about, oh, why would you pick a glue guy at number five? Yes, absolutely. And, you know, this can happen. Uh, it, it happens in all sports, but but particularly in um, in two sports, football and basketball normally the, the second year uh there can be a bit of a dip in production from from when you were a rookie um you're no longer a surprise you're no longer uh coming up on people uh you're not in the rearview mirror everybody has got their sights on you they know how good you are and they prepare differently for you and you just have to adjust before we head on out, guys, we're going to go ahead and talk a little about Lakers. Of course, again, we've got the matchup against the Celtics tomorrow and, of course, the Nuggets on Friday. So two very good matchups for the team. A, a way to see that if the Lakers, if they come in there healthy or at least healthy enough, we can see exactly where they are deficient and where they need help at and just how well they match up against some of the better teams in the NBA. Joe, I want to go ahead and, and hit you up first on this when you get off mute. Want to go ahead and ask your thoughts on this in regards to what do the Lakers need to do? This is going to be a back-to-back -back for the Celtics, so it will be advantageous for them. What do the Lakers need to do to go ahead and be able to secure a 2-0 victory this week? Actually, a 3-0 if you consider what we did on Sunday. A 3-0 week. Is that a possibility at all for us? If they play like they played against Milwaukee, mm -hmm. there might be a shot. The back-to-back -back, um, in this case is not too rigorous, especially for a young team. They're playing the Clippers. They're not traveling from Sacramento to Phoenix or something like that. Uh, it's basically play a game and then go to your hotel and come back at the same mm -hmm. arena. So that doesn't really hold too much water, at least for me it doesn't. This is marked as a, a, a loss in, in my prognostic prognostications for the month. But it would show me a lot that they care. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say they don't care. They care, but uh, how much do they really care? 
my worry is even if we win tomorrow, uh, are they going to start going back to what they did last week and, oh, well, someone has the flu and someone has a sore ankle. We have no margin of error. We need LeBron and, and AD to play every game the rest of the way to have any shot. And unless you do that, you're, you don't really know what the week is going to tell you. Other than if those guys aren't playing, it's going to be difficult for the Lakers to win and beat anybody. I, I didn't like how they played against Detroit. That, that should have been a loss. It's just that Detroit missed shots at the end. It's that simple. And most teams make those shots. So that's why I'm hesitant to get excited about winning the game. What about you, you, Sean? Do you think that's going to be a possibility? I think that if Boston plays everybody tonight, seeing that they think that the Clippers are the better of the two teams over the Lakers at this point, they might sit some players out, and that might be the difference between a one and a loss. I agree 100%, Gerald. I'm not sure who, who said it previously, but someone had said that, you know, because LeBron dances and hugs with uh, a lot of the Celtics players that uh, somehow he's he's not going to be uh, as vindictive and vitriolic. Kenneth, Kenneth Stone, who Kenneth, just made a great Kenneth, comment on, on uh, yeah. low turnover. So he, he might not be as, as vindictive and vitriolic towards the Boston Celtics as uh, – you know, some of our other legends that I, I 100% agree with Kenneth there. Um, I just think with a rivalry game, you can just throw out the records. I, I don't care. I've I've seen too many of these games to really pick a winner. Um, you know, on paper, they should, they should maul us, but, you know, the games aren't played on paper. You know what? Three and three on the road trip. I thought we could be four and two. But they decided just throw the towel in on uh, the last five minutes of the Cavs game and the Raps game completely. So, you know, I'm hoping for a good week here. Maybe we could get a sweep. I will say that I agree with Joe. Uh, last night probably should have been a loss. Like, regard regardless of the result, they didn't play uh, to win. Uh, but when you're playing Mitch. the worst team in the NBA, yes, 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 a team that's that's not trying to lose, but obviously they're not very good, no. as they thought they could have been. So you need to just maul these teams and just get out of dodge. But that you know we've talked about it previously, Gerald, and uh, you keep harping on it. They. They just find new and creative and inventive ways to either snatch, uh, you know, a loss from the jaws of victory yeah. or find a new way to just blow it. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today 
at LakerHolics.com. But before we head on out, Joe, I want you to get in the, the last word with us. When it comes to the Lakers, I mean, tomorrow, what what kind of positive things? Get, because right now we're in a desperate situation. We're climbing up that hill. We're climbing up that deficit, trying to get over the hump as far as that 2-10 and 10 start, the 0-5 and 5 start, all the things that were said. And when everybody was in the league was mocking the Lakers, and you know, correctly so for, for the start they got off. What, what are you looking forward to tomorrow? See, maybe a, a positive sign for the team, at least tomorrow, coming out of the Celtics game tomorrow night. Win. That's the only positive. All right. Al if Davis they, philosophy. If they win. don't win, it's a negative number for two reasons, because it is Boston and there is some, there's always going to be a feeling for Boston, no matter how bad the Lakers are, how bad Boston is. Mm-hmm. They, I've they, always, I've always said this and, and I mean it. The Lakers could finish a season two and 80, two and 80. But if those two wins were against the Boston Celtics, you can rip me all day long. I'm fine with it. We've got 17 championships. We're a legacy franchise. We lost 80 games in a season, but we beat them twice. Said by the guy who has an Allen Iverson jersey on. Well, hey, you know what? Number one pick, 96 draft. He's a Hall of Famer. I don't think, you know, you can argue with me. I wonder if Tyrone Lou still sees him in his nightmare <laughs> stepping over. You know, that, that was that was a great piece of uh, NBA folklore there. They should both be I, I know you're that. a Lakers fan first, but an NBA fan close second. So everybody yes, yes. teases you for all the different yeah. uh, things. But you've got an appreciation for the game like no other, my Oh, I, I appreciate you saying that and, uh, you know, appreciate you allowing me permission to wear different uh, different uh, jerseys and shirts while we're talking. I didn't know we did censorship here as NBA. far as on yeah. clothing. I know we censorship Joe and Laker Tom, but, you know, they'll still drop the MFR every now and then and I'll have to go ahead and bleep it. I, I just I just before we before we head out, just a, just a quick question for uh, the panel and uh, for our audience. Uh, gentlemen, are, are you surprised with the level of parity in the NBA this year? It seems to me that it's it hasn't been this way in quite some time. The number of 500 or around 500 teams, I think it's uh, entertaining. I like it personally because it gives uh, any team a chance as far as a hopeful that goes on a three or four game streak. I mean, mm-hmm. once the Lakers, when they went on their eight out of 10 streak, then their hopelessness turned into hopefulness. I mean, even our audience. The way they were talking from when we were two and ten to when we became close enough to where we were actually sniffing somewhere in the five hundred realm, it became a lot different. So uh, I, I'm not. I am surprised that there are so many teams around five hundred. I knew it was going to be a competitive mm-hmm. season. I just didn't think it would be around the middle. I thought it would be at the top. I thought there'd be yeah. like right now a lot of like Joe said, fifteen eleven teams right now. I didn't think there'd be a lot of 13 and 13 teams. And that seems to be the most surprising thing to me. Joe. We're becoming a mediocre league, kind of like the NFL, you know, any team can win at any given night. You have a nice game, you know, faster paced, lots of scoring, but I don't know. The, the NBA doesn't have its, I feel like the NBA is not, it doesn't have its star anymore. I know Steph Curry's still playing, but and LeBron is still there, but it, it doesn't have a 
No one has taken the mantle yet. Yeah, again, uh, LeBron has been the guy, and Steph Curry have been the guy the last ten years. I'm not going to argue against that. But... I, I think I think if Giannis, if Giannis's personality was a little different, I they think don't that, want they don't. And yeah, I say they, they don't want the, it. The media does not want to support Giannis. He's too nice. Or Luca. Uh, Luca's a crybaby. Luca's also. a little bit more. He's a pretty well, little boy. Well, I, I think, I think, I, I don't. I'm probably gonna upset people with this, but oh well. I think there's a problem with the fact that uh, Luca is not American. Giannis is not American. Victor Wembayana, when he comes in the league, he's not American. It's it's you know there's there I, I hasn't about that because it's a global game. I think well, I agree. I, I agree. I agree with that. But it's, it's what it's what Joe's saying, right? It's it's you know Gian, Giannis is very um, uh, I wouldn't say introverted at all. In, it becomes the next Jordan and sells umpteen billion dollars in Nike tennis shoes. Really, does that make a difference that he's not from from the U.S.? I I I, I do I do I think I you know uh, uh, l- let's face it when um, when Steve Nash won his MVPs there was a lot of bias that you know that this small under six foot guy is is winning the MVPs when Kobe should be winning them and Shaq should be winning them like I said I think it's more of a narrative than than fact but. Uh, Joe, Joe hit the nail on the head. Nobody has really taken the mantle from LeBron. And when you look at the players coming up, who would you say should take it? Right. Well, there are a couple. There are a couple candidates right off the bat. One is Jason Tatum, and one is John Morant. Will either one of those guys take the mantle from him and decide that? Yes, it is a global game. But somebody needs to be the face of the league. A league but, needs to face. You I'm know. just gonna say, but I will say, if Victor blows up, and when he comes into the, oh, league, I don't think it matters. You're right, Gerald. I don't think it matters. He, okay, so so he'll he won't be as as highly thought of or highly sought of as Jordan was during his years, but here in America, but overseas, he may become bigger because the market overseas has just blown up since yeah, the time of Jordan. So no, I, whatever, I agree whatever money you wouldn't gain in the in the Americas or in America, you would gain internationally if an international star. That's why I'm surprised about Giannis not being blown up across around the world more than he already is. Yeah, that that's that's interesting. Um, you know, he's he's also from um from a small country as well, Greece. Greece um uh, Greece hasn't produced, you know, a, a, you know, an athlete that basically, you know, stand stands above the rest. You, you know, even though this is the the home of the Olympics, I'm surprised at that as well, Gerald. I think w- one of the big one of the big issues that the NBA has is that one of their biggest markets is China, mm-hmm. and it's probably it's probably their biggest market right now. And you know they, uh, like Joe said, there there needs to be a face of the of the league in order in order to take this even further up into the stratosphere 
because l- like Joe said, Joe used um, a very salient word to to describe kind of the mediocre mediocrity of the NBA right now as far as there's there's a lot of 500 teams and there isn't really a face that you can put and stamp it like there was with a Jerry West, like there was with a Magic and a Larry, like a Michael Jordan, like a Kobe, like a LeBron. How do we? Um, make, how can I, let's go ahead and make Joe the face of of the NBA. The new I, face. I would love that idea. I, I I could be the face of the NBA if I was commissioner. I would love the, that. Idea. That the would NBA, not surprise me in the least. The, the NBA is we're in a different time now where people's interaction are robotic it's emotional it's not a stoic warrior myth aura anymore there's no aura around yeah the player you watched Kobe Bryant you watched Michael Jordan Shaq you know there there was a little bit of a little bit more mystique because you weren't listening to them every day or doing the you know doing this and everybody's doing this and Everyone knows about their families and their sisters and their cousins and what what they did 50 years ago. Like it, it became too personal. And I, you guys have heard me say this a few times. I, I don't give a crap about your family and what they do. Just like you don't care about what my family does. I'm here to watch basketball. I want to pay attention to that. And it's not all entirely their fault. It, it does have something to do with the fact that the media and fans – demand to know what you're doing while you're on the toilet these days. I don't know why people are so infatuated with somebody's personal life, but we know why, because we watch those whatever's on, on TV, uh, the Kardashians and these uh, of Beverly Hills, whatever the hell they call them. You know, these shows are what created this problem because we're all into people's business because your life, most of people's lives are so boring and dull. They got to live vicariously through these numbskulls and it's 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 seeped into the football and basketball and all these things. If you want the truth, this is what it is. And if you guys want me to be the guy well, that's heading this, I'm going to tell you right now what the problem is. And if you want to solve the problem, stop doing this stuff, and you'll stop having these issues. Blue Magic says Joe would actually make body slams legal in the NBA. I I I, I just like Joe Joe said just to uh, footnote off what uh, what they. Uh, wise man was saying there you know well, the, i'm not sure the s word that he dropped is not exactly the most well word. you know in the in the heat of the moment gerald asia yeah. wrote a great song and joe just exemplified that right there yeah it was, uh, yeah, it, was. Well, it was great that this is what we're about here is this, this is real I'm just I'm just seeing kind of the same thing as as Joe is the 75th anniversary. They really did a very good job of illustrating some of the uh, important historical factoids and uh, moments in the game. But I think it's fleeting. I think they're more interested in Zion 360s and uh, jaw tomahawk jams um, and just. It's just this negative feedback loop of well, let's constant... let's let's talk about that. That's a good example you brought up. You have an exciting player who has been dubbed the next big thing, and he does something visually amazing, and his team is winning, and he's in his own arena, 
and look at the stuff that they're talking about. They're not talking about the amazing feet. They're not talking about the fact that a 300-pound man just did a 360 tomahawk windmill dunk. They're talking about how Chris Paul's feelings were hurt. <laughs> really? Yeah. Your feelings were hurt? So no one is supporting that. No one's supporting. No one's coming out and saying why, why our mentality in sports. You want to go do this stuff in Hollywood or, or you know, TV, that's fine. That's what that's for. Drama, that's what TV is. That's what movies are. It's about drama. Drama in sports needs to be about testosterone. I'm the man. Instead of, he dunked on us. Yeah, oh, it's, he it, dunked on you. Oh, I, I, what are you going to do you now know, with yourselves? The, what if they meet in the playoffs? This this could be the start of a, a great rivalry. And instead, we're just talking about the the uh, the peripheries of of, you know, feelings and and um, I, I just the same me, people who yap about feelings are usually the ones that are hurt the most. Yes. Yes. Right. 100%. Just like the ones that say that they don't care what people think are usually the ones that care what people think. It's very few people that are actually going to say, I don't give a damn and actually come through. It's just what it is. People care about what others think about them because they're not secure with who they are. Yeah, I I was just gonna say, you know, Zion, Zion would be would be a great guy to get that mantle. But Gerald, you gotta want it. You gotta want it. It's it's not as if LeBron's just gonna hand it to somebody. You have to want it. Well, Kenneth Stone said that LeBron is still, in many ways, the face mm, of the NBA. Uh, I, I don't I don't think he LeBron is. has it right now. Uh, well, he has it. He has it in uh, in in. The mantle of of what? What's the mantle? What are you talking? Well, about? he he. When you when you think of the NBA, you you think if you would ask the the layperson, name me five NBA players, and they would probably say LeBron James, Steph Curry, Giannis, and you might get one or two others. You Kevin might get Durant. Luka, yeah, Kevin Durant. You might get a Giannis. But really, it's it's those three guys at the top of the list. I would say I would say Curry's holding it at the moment, just for the fact that he's a champion, current champion, and a current Finals MVP, Western Conference Finals MVP. Yeah, Ken, we we just said like basically the when when the the layperson thinks about the NBA right now, there there's basically three three faces. There's LeBron. There's Steph and there's Giannis, basically. I would probably say right now, Steph, simply because of the fact that he has been on the the finals uh, most mm-hmm. recently, and obviously he became out the victor. Yeah, I know, wouldn't. The longer, yeah. the longer period of time since LeBron has won a championship, the longer he's out of the major spotlight enough to where he is not the face. I'm going to say that he can, he's still very much in many ways a face of the NBA but as a the face, I don't think there is one the face. But I think you would probably lean just a, a hair uh, in the direction of of say let's say Steph or maybe even Giannis. But I say Steph right now simply because of the fact that he won the championship most recently, and that's fresh on most people's minds, at least the general consumer out there. So a great conversation was had. I truly appreciate it. If you have continued thoughts on this, you can always send it to us either. 
right below after we're off the air. Or if you want to go ahead, of course, at Lakers Fast Break on Twitter or LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com. Kenneth, great having you here. Can't wait you can come back on the shows. You're always welcome. We always send you the invites. You're always welcome to stop by next time around. Tycoon Raves says, I hope we trade small guard Laker and have keep Austin and go get Barton and, and Bogdanovich. Well, let's hope that as well. Obviously, anything to go ahead and improve the team. Uh, of course, everyone out here has been tremendous. Johnny 2K6 has been talking back and forth. Uh, truly, truly appreciate him going ahead and sending out those great messages over the past couple of days on YouTube. Also as well, of course, Sovereign, fantastic as always. Truly appreciate it. Blue Magic, you know he's the bomb. Ime's been great with his Minnesota Timberwolves comparison there. So some great thoughts, everybody out there. We truly appreciate it. Cannot thank you enough for being part of what we do today. And don't forget, we'll be back tomorrow. Tomorrow is the Boston Celtics. So we'll be on game time for the live watch party. And then, of course, afterwards for the post game. Hope you will be part of it too. But Joe... Sean, any last thoughts before we head on out? Beat those greenies. Beat them. Make them suffer. Absolutely. I agree 100%. Joe? Fair nothing? Enough. Got nothing? That's rare. I said everything I needed to say. Okay. Fair enough indeed. But once again, catch us on Tuesday night for the live watch party and the post game. Always stuff happening here and glad you're a part of it. Every time out, whether you're watching or listening, right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.